right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 239, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of the trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate our podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, we are a video podcast as well, so you can watch us do this podcast on our YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon where you can support our show at a $1 level. It's $1 a month, and it's called the One and Only $1 Club. It helps us keep this thing rolling, and hopefully if we get enough of you guys on board, we can start to increase the quality of the show and offer additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash awesome to become a $1 patron, get a free die-cut vinyl sticker mailed to you, and a shout-out on the show. With that out of the way, Jake, welcome back. How are you? Um, irritated that, like, so we've been looking at buying a new mattress, and oh, there's God. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like deals for uh, Labor Day, mm. and I'm beginning to think that like mattress shopping is almost like another one of those like scam things online mm. now, because mm-hmm. there's like nine million fucking mattress companies online. And they're all owned by the same different types of yeah. mattresses. Yeah, and here's the thing that's making it really difficult to buy a mattress is that I don't want a mattress that is literally just a giant memory foam pad, which is what most of the online ones are. Yeah. So I've been looking, trying to find one that's like a combination uh, of memory foam and, and inner spring, which they make. They call it a hybrid mattress. And there are a lot of companies online that make them. Mm-hmm. But they're like when you see all these deals online that are like, this mattress is $500 or $600. It's just literally a chunk of memory foam. That's all the fucking mattress is. Right. Just different various firmnesses is all that it is. Whereas like, oh, you want uh, like an actual mattress? Um, it's like on sale. It's over a thousand dollars. So like, it's uh, and at that price, it's like okay, I can go buy an inner spring mattress for that much. But then the nice thing about those mattresses that are bought online is they come in a fucking box, and I can actually carry it up to my room and put it on the bed. Open it there, and yeah, yeah, and not have to like try to finagle a queen mattress up a tight set of stairs to our second story and. But the other problem too is that – I don't know if you knew this. If you ever go to buy a mattress online, if it's any of these like hybrids or um, memory foam ones or anything like that, you cannot use them with a traditional box spring, mm. which is what I have with our bed. Mm. You have to have an actual platform with slats that are like no more than five inches apart. Otherwise, the mattress will deform in the middle when you lay on it and it will void the warranty of the mattress. So not only do we have to buy a new mattress, but we have to buy a new quote unquote box spring or you know foundation or whatever you want to call it unless we go with another inner spring mattress, which I really don't want to do because nowadays to buy like a good inner spring mattress are like two or three thousand dollars. So mm. 
um, just looking around and it's incredibly frustrating because I sleep on my stomach, which is incredibly annoying when it comes to mattresses. So, um, anyway, other than that though, things are going swimmingly. How about you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Happy birthday, by the way, belated birthday. Uh, I'm sure the listeners are feeling the same. LJ was on the show last week and, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just, uh, I started thinking, well, your mattress talk has me a little, a little sidetracked thinking about mattresses because we, we bought one of those Layla mattresses. Um, we like it fine. It's one of those ones where like one side is something and the other side something else, right? So we've tried the firm and the soft or whatever. But what I was going to, where I was going to go with this was that today is the first day in two weeks that I didn't have a concert or have to go to work. So it has felt like, I don't know, it's been really, really nice. It's been really, really enjoyable to wake up and not have anywhere to be, not have to promote any shows, do not have to like load gear, do not have to go to work in the morning. Like It's been awesome. So I have uh, been having a really good day and uh, I, I actually have a lot of my miniatures now for my expansion for HeroQuest Painted, the, the Frozen Horror is what it's called. And I actually stopped. You know what's cool about the – we have a local gaming store in town called Purple Fox. So I don't think my brother listens to the podcast, but uh, Citadel make these these paints, and they're called contrast paints. And they're they're essentially used for speed painting miniatures. Like uh, they almost have like an oily consistency. They're not – they're acrylic-based, but they have like a weight to them. So when you paint, say like uh, – you can really speed – so if you're doing like batch painting – um, you can get a couple of these colors, like seven bucks for like a little paint thing. So they're kind of expensive, but I ordered two colors on Amazon because they, they, they had, um, uh, they had rolled out new versions of, uh, some of these different colors and stuff that would be really fitting for my frozen horror miniatures, right? Like frozen, like frost colors, um, like baby blues and glacier colors. And I was like, oh man, it's going to be sick. So I ordered them. And I was just hoping they would be here by today, and they weren't. But they're on their way, and it was like 12 bucks for – I just ordered two of them. And uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to this store downtown and see if they're open on Sunday. And they were open, and uh, I walk in, and they had the two things that I ordered on Amazon right there. So I just fucking bought those and a couple other ones. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking support the shit out of this place moving forward with my with my painting like habits hobby, whatever you want to call it, this strange mm-hmm. addiction. I've, but it's funny because I walked in and the owner and, uh, there's, there's, there's something that I really, really appreciate about, uh, geekdom, nerdum, board gamers, you know, everyone is just so like in it, like they're just in, enveloped in it. Like if you're going to a game store like this, so I walk in and, uh, I just, I stop instantly at all the paints and I just kind of kneel down and I start looking through stuff and I find what I wanted but then by the time like I was going to go check out there was the owner had amassed like I don't know like five or six people and he's talking about the 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 low barrier of entry for some sort of game I think it must have been a Warhammer kind of game must have been like a standalone or something he's like it's 40 bucks to get started but then he was like talking he's like well here's the thing and he's just rattling off these rules 
just boom, 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 talking about game mechanics. And he's dressed in like a, a nice shirt and tie, you know. And uh, I was like, this is so, this is so like heavy. Like this stuff is so heavy. But everyone's just sitting there sucking it up, loving it. Every, every word off this guy's tongue. Like they're just like, oh, this is like the coolest shit I've ever heard. And uh, he's like, so does anybody want to sign up? For today's tournament, then for the for the gaming exhibition or something. So apparently, he was putting on a clinic on how to play a game in the side room, and then just signing up people. So it was really interesting, um, and like everybody that was there, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, my friend from Michigan's on his way." Oh, is he going to be late? What time's he coming? And they're like, "Oh no, he should be here in a few minutes." He's like, "Because if he's late, he actually." Uh, is not going to have as much time as the rest of us for the deck building session. And like I was like, oh my, this is insane. Like these guys are so <laughs> hardcore. And I just wanted to buy some paint, but I love just like finding myself in those situations. Um, and if you're watching YouTube right now, you see Jake's cat just loving on the camera. <laughs> I don't know why she's been – that's like her new thing now apparently when we record is just getting up on the desk, the, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah, that's hilarious. There she goes. But uh, yeah, so so anyways, I spent my day painting with some new paints and uh, I also bought this like really interesting snow effect, um, which is uh, made by Vallejo. Um and uh, it's 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 really really cool. And uh, so, but but I'm gonna get to what the bulk of my day has been today, and it's video game related. And uh, I guess maybe we can just segue into that. Um, you know, uh, games we're playing, and uh, the game that I've been playing is The Quarry. Um, I I I don't know, man. It's so it's so fucking good. It is good. Um, like it's one of these games where we know super massive games, right? We know their style. Uh, Until Dawn, the Man Amid, or the the Dark Pictures anthology games, we know what their games are. Those have been bite sized versions of, and it's really hard. And and, and I think that the the reason why Until Dawn works so well. And maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, man. You played Until Dawn. Is that you actually kind of start to learn the personalities of the characters. It's kind of like what you were saying about why The Last of Us as a TV show will work better than The Last of Us as a two-hour movie. So like the Dark Pictures anthologies are bite-sized versions of mini stories like un- like Until Dawn was, right? The, the gameplay and everything is very similar. Um but the quarry harkens back to this longer movie esque, and it's I don't know the it's so good it's done so well, and uh, I there I believe there are ten chapters I am on chapter nine and everybody as far as I know is alive, which I would say is a huge win right now. But I'm at a point. And not because of the ambiguity of your decisions, because they're not as ambiguous as they were in the in like until dawn. Um, I'm at a point where literally, it'll give me an option, and I'll be like, I don't know what way to take this, and I love it. Like this, this is a, it's all been coming to a head here, and uh, I don't want to talk too much about the story because it would be spoiler ridden. And you haven't played this, 
But my God, I want to have a conversation about what's going on in this game. It is awesome. Um, the voice acting's great. The music is awesome. So like it's all it's done in like a movie too. So like when the tensions done like a movie. So like when the tensions there, you get like the horror mo- movie music in the background. But then it'll like smash cut, and uh, you'll be like all swimming on in the campground or something. And like it's like this fucking summary music, and it's like you know these conversations are happening. So the interesting thing about the quarry that I really really like is that there are about seven camp counselors. And uh, there's a lot of options. So if you're familiar with the Dark Pictures Anthology, the way this works is very similar to that in which you can pick up clues throughout the game, but they're in the form of tarot cards. And then if you find these tarot cards in between chapters, you'll you'll have like the 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 wall is broken, right? So like the the third wall, the fourth wall, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't know what they call it, but this witch kind of shows up. And she's like, oh, what did you bring me this time? And she's looking and, and it's like if you found these tarot cards in the game, she lays them out on her table. And then she was like, oh, the Wheel of Fortune. And she says like some sort of like poetic thing about it. Oh, the emperor. And then like afterwards, she goes, would you like to know more? And then you as the player, she's almost like a fortune teller can say you can use these to maybe get a glimpse of the future maybe you have a path that you're on maybe not on a path that you're on but you can only pick one in between each chapter of these cards and you don't know you don't really know what it's going to be kind of have an inkling because of the title of the card um and uh you pick it and then you can see like it gives you like a i don't know a 5 to 8 second like here's a short clip of something, here's a short clip of something, and here's a short clip of something, and it's like oh fuck. So, uh, without spoiling it, uh, one of the ones I got recently was this, this, and then it looked like somebody falling to their death, and I'm like fuck. I don't even know. I didn't even recognize that person. I don't recognize the clothes. I don't recognize the location. So smash cut to about. A chapter and a half later, I find myself in this situation, and because I had pulled, found that card, and I looked at that card's future, I knew what not to do, and it was awesome. So I love that about it, and I believe we had even talked, Jake, when we were talking about this game, about them offering the ability to uh, let you go back in time, but I think that's after your first playthrough. So that's not been extended to that me. That would make sense. It's not been extended to me yet. And uh man, there's a lot of twists and turns. I like the uh I like, you know, the tension of the game. Like I said, I like the dialogue, I like the character dynamics. But another thing that's interesting is because it's in the quarry, which is um Hackett's quarry, which is apparently like a, a camp a camp place for kids and you're the counselors. But there's like like in every Good Friday thirteenth movie you have like where the cabins are, where they sleep, and then you have like a lake, and then you have like the main lodge, and then you have like uh, this place that's called like the Sky Tower that's a nice overlook, and then you have all these different locations within the game. And inevitably, the way that it's written and the way that you make your decisions, inevitably, some of your characters are going to get spread out. So at any given time, you can go into the menu and go to the map. 
and scroll through all the different locations and it'll tell you where certain characters are at that given time. And that's a nice little feature. So you can keep track of everybody. And um, yeah, so it just it just naturally switches between characters and it doesn't feel awkward. It doesn't feel weird. And uh, man, I would love to play a game like this, Couch Co-op or online with, with somebody or a listener even afterwards. I think, I don't know if you have to own the game to do it online, but I guarantee you could do uh, share play and pass the controller around that way if anyone is sure. interested. It's awesome. This game is awesome. So It's interesting to me, one thing that I've noticed is it seems like that you generally seem to have a much more positive opinion of the the games that they do than most critics. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or whatever. It's just, it just is enlightening to me that you uh, vibe with this studio so much (laughs) in how they do things, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, It just goes to show you that, you know, it, just because a game isn't for one person doesn't mean it's not for somebody Dude. else. And uh, I really liked Until Dawn, and I haven't played any of the Dark Pictures games, and I was kind of interested in the quarry. Um, my problem with this type of game is it's one of those games that I'm really interested in playing, but I'm not. It's not a game that I'm going to spend full price on. I just like it's, it's on one sale of those right games now. Where What's it on sale for? Like 43 bucks or something. Hmm. That's not too bad. Because I was saying it's, it's one of those games where like I like to pick it up mm-hmm. and just kind of bang through it is kind of a fun sort of side experience outside of my normal gaming. Because I don't – to me personally, I don't slot the, those types of games into like standard gaming for me mm-hmm. it's almost like watching a movie you know what i mean yeah. over the course of a few days or or whatever it is that it takes to beat it um because it's like i wouldn't necessarily say that it's a hundred percent active gaming experience i would agree with that you know it's kind of like the like, order there there is there are like uh some firing mechanisms in the game but it's very limited so far and i'm in chapter nine of ten so uh, it's mainly so. So this is something that came up on the podcast where you were gone, is that we were just talking about what what is attractive about video games to 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 me and to you and to LJ and you know he he had kind of said something like his attraction was because he'd been out of it for so long. He likes a good story, but he also really is impressed by graphics right now, just because he's been out of the mix for a while, right? Um, yeah, that that's kind of what is has been like put him in awe. And I would in in my my stance has always been that like – and I think he did ultimately agree with me is that the game has to have a fantastic story. And uh, it if – you know, it doesn't ha- – and then there's, there's like other games like Resogun and stuff, right? There's If a game is, is trying to have a story, the story has to be good, right? I was going to say a game like that has – that game like that is a story. So if the game does not have a good story, yeah. it's not a good game, period. Yeah. I mean – I guess technically it could be mechanically sound or whatever, yeah. but anyway, I'm glad that you that you're really liking it. It's one of those games that I've kind of him hot about because I it, it seems like it's a pretty polarizing game. Some people really like it, some people don't. I've heard that it's a little shorter than people were expecting. 
Um, and I think a lot of it is just revolving maybe a little bit around whether or not it's worth the price point, which unfortunately is one of those things that we all have to argue about now yeah. that games are $70 and they're likely to increase even more mm. probably at some point. But, uh, yeah, I, that's really cool. Cause I was super interested cause I'm like less interested in the, Man of Medan stuff, just because it's like all over the place. Yeah, but yeah. Man I of love Medan the idea. I don't know, but I, but I love, but I love the idea of like going back to the the eighties horror tropes, like the camp counselors, and like like when I saw that in in I think we even talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. They they almost had like a like it's in some of their prom- early promotional material. They had like almost like a. 80s horror movie poster yeah that was like the cover for the game or whatever and it was just so it just tugged on those you know friday the 13th heartstrings Mm -hmm. and uh it does look really neat so maybe i will give it a shot at some point um that sounds like something that would be a really good i think you and sarah uh, would have a blast yeah yeah well here's one more thing about it and then we can move on to what you're playing it's just it's it's one of those things where it doesn't it doesn't deliver without fault like you know i can see how someone might not like where the story went but i like it and i also do take issue like the the graphics are really good some of the facial animations are kind of strange and Mm -hmm. some of the the character like walking around anytime they have a flashlight and, and it seems like games can't figure out how to do this like it seems like a lot of some studios can't figure it out. So it's you're using L the L buttons, right? The analog sticks, um, left and right analogs, and you're trying to walk around. And it's not really a game that like you can tell they didn't put like a ton of time into navigating your character around. It's not a platformer. It's not a third person action adventure game. So like some of the walking and stuff is a little goofy. Um, in pointing the flashlight, and, and there is one thing that, that kind of irks me a little bit that takes me out of the suspension of disbelief is, it seemed, you remember how like in, in Uncharted, how Nathan Drake always had to put his hands on the walls when he was walking by walls and stuff? He was always just like yeah. grabbing at stuff because it was like a new thing they invented. So in, in this, the characters are always looking around when you're when you're moving them. They're always like looking like this and like this. And, like, you see the back of their head just looking. And it's like, I get that, like, that's what I'm doing is the gamer. I'm trying to find clues. I'm trying to find things to interact with. But, like, nobody walks like that. I mean, that's crazy, yeah. you know. So there are little things like that that are, you know, that could have been done a little better. But as it stands, and we'll see how the game ends. I don't know how it ends. But I, uh, I, I like the situations it puts me in. And I like, I just like the vibe of it. It does escape a little bit out of that camp counselor vibe towards the last quarter of it. A little, not a ton though. I mean, you're still in the camp the whole time, um, and it was an old quarry that was converted into a camp. That's why it's called the quarry. But uh, it gets, you know, I mean, with all horror, like you have to be afraid of something, right? So what is the thing? And what they do in Until Dawn? They made them Wendigos. Wendigos were the bad things. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't say – yeah. So I, I don't want to spoil anything at all because it's uh, it's really freaking interesting. You know, it, it does a really good job at making you wonder what, who, and where the threat is coming from. And that's what makes the game kind of interesting to me. 
And by the end, when they reveal it, you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, okay, now now I know, and now I have a plan. But uh, it, it's fun. All right, go ahead, Jake. What have you been playing? So obviously, I wasn't on the podcast last week. Um, Sarah and I were out of town. But uh, so I I played. So I've been playing Cyberpunk still. I'm still playing that game. I'm probably I don't know 25, 27 hours into it. Still really liking it. Uh, I it's funny. Like one of the things I've noticed, the game is really great graphically, and and the tone is really cool. And I love like the the neon and like cyberpunk aesthetic. But one of the things that's really glaring to me about this game is that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Red Engine that they developed that CD Projekt developed it in, or if it's just this is a common thing that other that other um, sorry that all developers struggle with, but. Anything that they do that has a clear texture is like looks just completely jank compared to all <laughs> the other graphics in the game. So to give you an example, something like ice cubes or like um, uh, like there's a there's a couple of characters that you encounter that wear, are wearing like a, 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 a jacket or something that, that almost looks like a raincoat that's like, you know, you've seen like a clear raincoat yeah. where it's just like a clear, clear plastic. Yeah. And and you see them like wearing it, and it's just it is so just not right the way that it that it looks in the game. And I get that it's probably kind of a harder thing to sort of model, yeah, probably and make it look good. Maybe because it it might be all have to do with like the way that light reflects off of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just happened to notice that because I just did a mission um, where you were. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, but you like jump into a tub of ice <coughs> and. Uh, and it was just like so it was just so weird it was like these blocks that like don't look anything like ice cubes at all just like kind of hanging out in this water which was really yeah. really bizarre but i uh, still really enjoying that um i so the one thing i will say about it and i i don't remember if i talked about this on the podcast last time either but uh i don't know when you played the game if you ever used the um the smart weapons at all but like I was complaining earlier about how crappy the the shooting felt mm-hmm. in the game compared to like jumping off of Destiny and going into that. Well, if you if you are like me and you're playing the game now, I've gotten a lot more. I've gotten used to it now, so I'm feeling a lot better with it. But if you are struggling with the uh, the the shooting in the game, get uh, get a an arm implant that allows you to use smart weapons and then use fucking smart weapons because they just auto-aim. Yeah. It, like, instead of having a reticle, it's like a big square on the screen and you can, like, shoot around corners and shit Heat like seek. the bullets yeah. just, like, auto-headshot. They're fucking awesome. It, to me, it feels literally like cheating. And, uh, but it's it's cool. Like, it's it's a lot of fun and they have weapons where you can, like, shoot through walls and I've been really enjoying, like, the the... The swords, the katanas, mm-hmm. I think are really fun to use. There's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't uh, that you wouldn't expect to be in like melee combat of a first person game. Like there's dodging and parrying and blocking and all kinds of stuff you can do, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I won't go on about cyberpunk, but I've been really enjoying that. Uh, and I also have been playing my Vita some, and I played because I was traveling, so I took my Vita with me. And I played 
a little bit of do you remember that game oh what the fuck is it called foul play it's like the the game takes place you're like yeah. putting on a play yeah. and you're one of the characters of the play and how well you do like your health bar is how much the audience is cheering for you as you're like it's like a beat em up but like as you're progressing it's through cool. the levels and you're fighting the bad guys like how good you're doing the audience cheers more and more and that's like you get you know combos and stuff is in in uh you do better as the audience is cheering more but then like as you start getting hit and stuff the audience starts cheering less and then they eventually will like cl- shut down the play if the audience is too upset so that's kind of like your health bar it's really it's really neat um i i don't know that it's a game that i would really ever like play to completion but i really did uh i do really think that it's a cool game the other game that i'm that i played a little bit of because I had my Vita was uh, Killzone Mercenary. Oh yeah, which was like was widely considered the best handheld first person shooter. But I'll tell you this, Fred. I mean, there's a little bit of rose colored glasses. I think when you talk about Killzone Mercenary, not because the game isn't good, because the game itself is good. But compared to like modern gaming, this game runs like shit. Huh? It runs so bad. I kid you not. I, if 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 they told me that this game was 30 frames per second i would tell them they're fucking lying wow it, it is so it feels so laggy and one of the things that i always struggled with with that game too was that the throw on the joysticks oh, on the vita yeah. are so is so short that it's it takes a lot it's it's hard to get a lot of nuance with the first person aiming but it does play very well um, and I wish you could do the melee combat without the touchscreen stuff. Having to pull my hands away because my hands are small. Having to pull my hands away from my grip on the Vita to do the touchscreen stuff for the melee really is difficult. Um, but all in all, it's it's a pretty cool game. I, I like the mercenary system. Everything gets you money to like upgrade and buy new weapons, and it's it's a very good like mobile take on a console specific first person shooter. Um, and the last thing that I've been playing, and this is kind of like a just kind of a fallback for me, is if I just want something to just kill some time on my Vita, I have a cartridge for Hot Shots Golf World Invitation oh, nice. on the Vita. And it's just one of those games where it's so <laughs> easy to just jump in for 20 minutes and play nine holes and have fun. And I, I just – I know that game didn't do very well critically be, as far as Hot Shots Golf goes, because it gets really sort of like unfairly difficult after a certain point. But um, I still really enjoy playing it, just, you know, kind of dicking around or whatever. And uh, another game that I didn't I didn't play this this time, <laughs> but another fallback for me to just kind of play on my Vita is, is like um, um, SteamWorld Dig. Oh, yeah. Is another really good <laughs> Vita game. That one's fantastic. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of gaming in, man. That's awesome. Um, I would I yeah. would concur that the the throw on those uh, the play the travel time on the on the sticks on the on the Vita make it really tough to aim accurately. So yeah, I, that's why like when I played on Uncharted Golden Abyss, I just used the gyro on it to aim. It seemed to work so much better. I don't know. I I, mean, I enjoyed it. Has that. Killzone has that, but it also like it doesn't disable the regular aiming when you do that. Okay. 
which I guess I understand. Um, and it does help a little bit, right? You can kind of get in the zone and then just kind of fine tune with the gyro. Yeah. But uh, I didn't play it long enough to get kind of used to it. Fair enough. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Well, Jake, it's finally time, and I don't know what all we're going to really have to talk about as far as this game goes, but every every month Jake and I pick a game from the PlayStation uh, ec- uh, Extra or Essential sorry, list. And then uh, we pick a game when they're announced at the beginning of the month. And then we play that game. And then we have a discussion about it on the last podcast of the month. Now, Jake, you were out last podcast, so we didn't have a chance to do this. And I did not have the conversation with LJ. But I just wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to talk about as far as Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which was our game that we picked. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, if if there was anything there that... that I mean, we promised the listeners that we're going to talk about these games. But if I'm being honest, there's not a lot more to say about it than what we kind of already said. So I'll reiterate, I guess, what I felt about it. It's really fast-paced. It's way harder than I remember it being. The music's good. They did a really good job. And then we found out you can change skaters with Triangle. So uh, I didn't play this game a whole ton. I did the first the first level on Tony Hawk One. I did the second level on Tony Hawk Two, and boy, I say did them. I got them as many of the uh, bonuses that I could get on on different you know different sessions. So, and then I think I did the first level of Tony Hawk Two, and I'm just like, yeah, this game's cool, but I'm glad I didn't buy it because I think it's one of those nostalgia grabs. Honestly, like it, it played really well, better than the originals. Because it's run smooth, but like I, I don't know, man. Like I just, um, I don't know. There's so much else I wanted to play. You know what I mean? So I didn't really dive into this. It's. I think. I mean, it is really good. It just. It's one of those things where you don't realize how your tastes in games have changed with the way that gaming has changed since. Like you look back at all the stuff and you're like, yeah, that I had a you put a lot of hours oh, and a lot of time in the original games. And then you come forward and 20 years later, you go to pick up those games again and you're like, "Oh, this is exactly how I remember it if, you know, a little bit faster paced or whatever." But it's not it's not hitting you the way that you remember it hitting you when you were a kid exactly so and that's not that doesn't say anything bad about the game or whatever it just maybe means that you're not in the skating games anymore or 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 you're just you want a more realistic skating playing tony hawk yeah yeah maybe you're more interested in something like a skate game than uh and and skate to be honest with you the game skate is what I've played more recently than Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I would be more interested in playing Skate than I am in Tony Hawk when the new Skate game comes out. Um, but I will say that Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remastered or whatever the hell they have it called is uh, exactly what you expect it to be. If you played the old Tony Hawk games, imagine... Those games exactly how you expect them, but sixty frames a second, smooth graphics, older characters, um, <laughs> older characters. Yeah, they, they got new character models to represent like the the way the characters look now, and 
it's it's a good I'll say this it's a good game not something that I personally am going to put a lot of time into just because I have other things I'm I'm more interested in and, mm-hmm. and my gaming focus isn't really in that zone anymore but uh, I do think that if you are interested in Tony Hawk games or want to replay the old Tony Hawk games this is a no-brainer for you yeah very well said I think they accomplished the mission with this game for sure they they didn't they didn't exceed expectations. They didn't fall short of expectations. This is one of the few games that they literally hit the nail right on the head. Like, you know, yeah. no one's mind was blown by this, but no one was either really disappointed because they delivered on the promise. So, I mean, like, it's just, yeah, it's a rose-colored glasses maybe situation a little bit. Um, but very well put. Well, let's get into the news, Jake. So we... As we just discussed, we try to pick a game out every month. The games have been announced for PlayStation Essential. And uh, the games are Toem, T-O-E-M, Need for Speed, Heat, which retails at $60, I believe, on the PSN right now. And mm-hmm. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which we've learned at Evo, was the least watched competition. So, But it was at Evo, it, which says something. It was at Evo, yes. Yeah, that's the counterbalance there. So um, what do you think, Jake, about this lineup, first of all? So I don't know if you've looked at that Toem game at all, but it looks really interesting. It's not a game that I probably would play just because it's – but it's got a very awesome – graphical appeal yeah, it looks like game boy it's like a yeah it's like all black and white and <laughs> you're like a photographer and it's like an adventure kind of puzzly kind of game it looks like mm-hmm. uh i and it's got like these hand-drawn graphics which are really cool it, um so i'm and it's it's got you know it's got some good reception so far so I am kind of interested in that. I don't know whether or not I'll play it, but I'm definitely interested in trying it out. The other thing is Need for Speed Heat is, I think, of the recent Need for Speed games, it's one of the the more well-received ones. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's got some pretty decent reviews. So if you're interested in those arcade racers like Need for Speed, this might be a good one for you to pick up i mean i used to really enjoy playing the need for speed games Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that i'm necessarily going to play this one but you know and but that's mostly because i have an xbox and if i want to play a game like this i'll just jump over and play forza horizon 5 which is like impeccable and i'm not saying that this game isn't good but i don't think that it's as far as reception goes i don't think that it's considered nearly as good of a game so uh, but if you're interested in the Need for Speed games, you know, those underground kind of racy type games, arcade style as opposed to sim style, and you're on PlayStation, this is probably a good option for you, for sure. Grand Blue Fantasy, any any opinion on that? It's it's a fighting game. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry for those fighting fans out there. I know you, I, your brother likes fighting games, right? He He really likes Soul Calibur. That was like the last one I knew that he really enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, so I know like fighting games obviously have a huge community. There's a huge fan base for them. 
I've always appreciated fighting games, but I could I wouldn't say like the last fighting game I actually gave a shit about was Tekken Three on PS One. Yeah. Uh, but like since then, you know, before that it was Super Street Fighter Two on my Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, and other than that, I really have not played a lot of fighting games that I've been super interested in. Not not that I'm not. I take that back. I'm interested in them, but I'm not interested in learning all of there is to learn about overcoming these fighting games right. and being good at them like i'm not interested because it's <clears throat> one-on-one combat which is more uh it, it really shines in a multiplayer environment and the fact that i don't really play a lot of multiplayer games means that i'm really not going to play a lot of this i take that back the last the last fighting game that i really got into was playstation all-stars <laughs> battle royale which i platinumed and i really liked that game but that's because it's like an arcade platform fighter it's not like a an actual like technical fighting game like these these games are so right but if you are a fighting game fan there's probably something for you here yeah i'll tell you one thing uh you mentioned my brother and i once in a while i go back and i listen to parts of our podcast just to make sure the audio comes through correctly and stuff and something i've realized that i do is i'll start sentences and i won't finish them because my brain is so fast like it always jumps to different things i started a sentence when i was talking about the paint and I said, uh, I, I don't even know if he listens to this podcast. And then I just went into this whole thing about paint. What Where my brain was going with that, just <laughs> back it up. I'm going to have two identical pods of paint I'm going to be getting in the mail within the next week that I don't need now. So I was going to say I was going to just gift them to my brother. But I was going to do it as a surprise now that they're coming Late, you know what I mean? Anyways, I didn't finish that thought. So if the listeners were hung up on on that that open ended idea that I had that I never finished at the beginning of the show, that's what I meant to say. Um, I'm sure, everybody was so upset dude, that you didn't. Finish it irks that. me that I start stories and can't finish them. Um, anyways, that's a me problem. But just so you guys know, anyways, yeah. So what game are we gonna pick this month to play? Do you want to go the easy route and pick Toem or? I mean, I was leaning I towards say, Need for Speed Heat, but you have Forza. No, no, no. I, I'm totally fine with playing Need for Speed. Uh, I would do either one of these games. I mean, I, I definitely probably don't want to do Grand Blue Fantasy. Yeah, I'm with because, you. Because, like I said, I'm not – fighting games are, are a challenge for me to even want to download, let alone play. Um, I would do either Toem or Need for Speed. I think that I would have more fun with Need for Speed. I think Toem looks more interesting, if that makes any sense. So I would be okay with either one of these. <sighs> I don't know how to make this decision right now. Um, Random number generator. I would say that if we're talking about podcast content, I would say that Toem is probably the better choice because people probably generally know what they're getting with a Need for Speed game. You, but they might not know what they're getting with this Toem game. All right, here here's what we're going to here's what we're going to do. You ready? I've got a random number generator up right now. If it's an even number, it's Need for Speed. If it's an odd number, it's Toem. Here we go. Okay. 71. Toem. Toem. 
Okie dokie. We're going we're gonna to play Toem and discuss it. Last episode of this week. That makes it easy for us to go ahead and move forward with the show. And we don't have to think any more about it. So if you want to join us on that, you can go ahead and uh, get Tome as a PlayStation uh, Essentials game. And uh, we will talk about it. And you can join us in that conversation later, I guess. So moving forward, we know that the school year is coming back up. Kids are going back to school. So in the spirit of that, Jake... How about we take a quiz? You want to take a PlayStation quiz in the spirit of back to school? Sure. Let's do one. So Push Square has a new quiz up, and uh, Jake and I have yet, for, for new listeners, have yet to get 100%, and I don't think we ever will, but no, I want to try. Definitely not. What's that? Definitely will never get 100%. So this is number 17 on Push Square. If you want to try these quizzes, you can go to their website and do it. Um, question number one, there are 15 questions. Question number one, Jake, PlayStation-related quiz. What weapon is featured on the Final Fantasy VII main menu screen? Is it a Buster Sword, a Gun Blade, an Ultima Weapon, or a Mas- Masamune? Mas- I don't know how to say that word. M-A-S-A-M-U-N-E. It's a Buster Sword. Yeah. Buster Sword. Got it. The Electric Wind God Fist is an iconic move. Oh, God. From which fighting game series? Is it Tekken, Soul Calibur, Rival Schools, or Mortal Kombat? It's not Rival Schools. And it's not... Ooh. I I think it's Tekken. I don't think it's Mortal Kombat. No. It, it's not, I don't think it's Mortal Kombat. So it's either Soul Calibur or Tekken. Let's go Tekken. Okay. Got it. Yes. All right. What's the name of the Ace Combat game that released on PS4 in 2019? It's Skies Unknown. Um, Yeah. Didn't you play this? Yeah. Uh, The options for the listeners were Ace Combat 7, Phoenix Rising, Fallen Angels, Infinity, or Skies Unknown. Skies Unknown. Got it. (laughs) I don't want to jinx this, but that's uh, 3 out of 15 correct. What is the name of the female rabbit who assists Spyro in Spyro Year of the Dragon? Is it Bianca, Helena, Chloe, or Matilda? I think it's Bianca. I didn't play this game, but I have a feeling in my gut. Well, Matilda would imply that she has long hair, and she has really long ears, but they're not, like, crazy long. Chloe's uncharted side character. I'm going to go Bianca with you. Let's try it. Yeah. Got it. Good job. Okay. That's four out of 15. This is going to be a tough one probably. And what year did Grand Theft Auto San Andreas release on the PS2? Was it 2008, 2002, 2004, or 2006? I want to say – I want to say six, but – It's 2004. It's four? Yeah. Correct. Good job, Jake. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So here's a Resident Evil question. Who is this character from Resident Evil series? Um, he's got a red beret, and he's holding a knife and a CQC, uh, close quarters combat method. He's got camo pants, knee pads. Is it Leon S. Kennedy? Is it Jack Krauser? Is it Barry Burton or Albert Wesker? Doesn't look like Leon, dude. It's Jack Krauser. I don't think I've... I, what what game is he in? 
He's in. I Correct. can't remember if you fight him in four or five. Oh, he's an enemy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's six out of fifteen. Question seven of fifteen. How, this is the one. How many Dragon Ball Z Budokai and Budokai Tenkakai games were there on the PS2? Four, nine, six, or eleven? Probably eleven. No clue. Probably eleven. It's not. I don't think it's eleven. I'm gonna go but... nine. Because it's not just Dragon Ball Z Budokai, it's Budokai Tenkakai also. Right. You decide. Ah, fucking. I picked before. I know it's a high number, no doubt about it. It's not four. It's probably not six. You say you don't think it's 11, so nine is the only other option. I hope to God it's nine. I'm picking nine. Ah, oh, it's six. God damn it. Don't leave these questions up to me. All right, in Fallout, New Ve- you're a better guesser. In Fallout, New Vegas, what casino does the enigmatic Mr. House reside in? Is it the Ultra Lux, the Gamora, the Tops, or the Lucky 38? It's the Ultra Lux, right? No, it's Gamora. Uh, I, dude, I, I honestly don't remember. I literally don't remember. I don't know that I ever... I think I got to this point in New Vegas and my game like fucking bugged out and I never finished it. So I don't Dude, remember. I, you should start keeping which one it you is. You need to keep a list of all the games that bug out that you don't finish. I know for a fact Grand Theft Auto Five you didn't finish because it bugged out. If you didn't yeah. play New Vegas because it bugged out, I'm sure there's more that you probably had issues with. Um, yeah. I don't seem to ever have that problem. I'm going to say the Gamora. Part of me thinks it's Ultra Lux though. Yeah, I mean all of these. And there's no are way it's good. the lucky thirty-eight. I don't know, man. I really don't. I'm going Gamora. Fuck! It's the lucky thirty-eight. Are you kidding me? That name doesn't even <laughs> ring a bell. Never even heard that before. Man, I'm the worst. Which of these Battlefield games does not have a single-player campaign? Battlefield 1, Battlefield Hardline, Battlefield 4, or Battlefield 2042? It's 2042. Correct. Boom. Got it. All right. 10 of 15. We've only missed two, and that's my fault. In PS1 action-adventure game Alundra, what special power does the protagonist Alundra possess? Is it the ability to enter people's dreams? Is it the power to rewind time? Is it immortality or the power to see into the future? Probably dreams. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, you can see, like, in the image, there's, like, some... almost looks like shards of glass with like reflections of other people in them Mm -hmm. so like maybe he can see into their minds or something or it's the future right it's either see into the future enter people's dreams I like the idea of entering people's dreams yeah go with that correct All right. there you go redemption for your guessing in Ghost of Tsushima how do you control the wind hold L2 and R2 draw a circle on the touchpad it's not that swipe up or blow to the controller. I believe it's swipe up. That sounds So I remember right. doing that a ton. Correct. All right. Ooh, baby. I've only missed two so far. What average Metacritic score does The Last of Us have on PS3? 95? This is going to be tough. 97, 91, or 93? It's probably a 97. I think it's a 95. I think it's a 95. We'll go 90. It's not a 97. Let's do 95. 
Correct. Good job, Jake. Oh, man. Question 13. PS5 and PS4 game trials were introduced as a benefit for which PS Plus tier? Is it Premium Deluxe, Platinum, Essential, or Plus Extra? (laughs) I still don't know what the fuck they are, huh? It's Premium Deluxe. Good job. I still don't know which ones are which. Which studio primarily developed PS Vita? <laughs> Shooter Killzone oh, Mercenary. Mercenary. Yeah, I just played this, so I could I should be able to tell you. Tell us, it's Gorilla Cambridge. Boom, man, we're killing it. All right, and now we should know this one as well. The main playable character in Hotline Miami doesn't have an official name, but what has he become? What has he become known as? Pig Mask, Madman, Jacket, or Scorpio? It's Madman, right? No. I was going to say, like, I was going to say Pig Mask or... I thought it was Madman. But don't you remember, like, all of the... All of, like, the promotional material had him, like, in that fucking Pig Mask? Was he the playable character or was that the guy that was communicating with him? I don't remember now. I don't think it's Madman sounds too Let's do Pig Mask. Pig Mask it is. Let's do it. Boom. Okay. Ah, it's Jacket. Jacket. Twelve of fifteen. Uh we are a PlayStation Encyclopedia and we should get a job push square. This seems to be the recurring theme when we take these tests, is that we should just go take a reference to Push Square and try to work for them. I guess so. Uh, man, unbelievable. So the next news point, Jake, that I have on file here for the notes, Game Informer has exclusive access to God of War right now, uh, the new one, Ragnarok, and coverage. Um, so correlating with their ability to access this game, apparently there's, there's new snippets of gameplay for this game. I've purposefully not watched it, but if it's there... Um, are you inclined to look at this game or are you at a point where you don't even care about this game? Are you going dark? What's your thing with God of War Ragnarok? Um, I am not like hyped out about this game, but for the sake of, but I'm going to play it. So just for the sake of not spoiling anything for myself that might, get me excited when I do play it, I'm not interested in seeing any more material about it. Yeah, we're of the same mind. I now. kind of know I kind of know what it's going to be, so I don't really need to see any gameplay. I don't give a shit. I just need to see the game yeah, in, at this point. Yeah, in no, in no realm of reality will the gameplay be bad in this game, so I don't even need to see it. So anyways, I'm excited. This is a game that's coming out soon, and it's a big one. So I know a lot of people are stoked about it. Next news point. Jake, you just talked to us about how you've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. You're working your playthrough right now, and you're timing it pretty perfect because CD Projekt Red have announced they're going to be offering forthcoming news on September 6th on what they call the Red Stream, CD Projekt Red. And it's going to involve discussions about all the new stuff that they're bringing to Cyberpunk 2077's upcoming patch. And I'm curious to hear more about the DLC or if they're just going to roll this right into it. I doubt that the DLC is ready. The single-player mm-hmm. DLC they said was going to be free. But I am um, 
definitely curious about this. My question to you is, is when you have your run through Cyberpunk 2077 and they roll out the DLC or they say, oh, yeah, by the way, we're adding this. What is the likelihood of you going back to this game to scoop it up? Um, It depends because if it's not going to launch for a year from now, probably like 0%. But if it launches pretty quickly after I play this, then I would be interested in maybe checking it out. Mm. Um, I, it, I Cyberpunk is definitely one of those games I can see maybe hanging on for a little bit after I beat the story just to like do some side missions here and there and because it's just kind of fun to play uh, yeah. and I don't have to really spend a lot of time with it if I don't want to on a given sit down so maybe I mean it really like I said though it really boils down to what when this comes out knowing CD Projekt Red it'll be like two years from now yeah but if it comes out soon, then I'd be interested. And see, I, I haven't played Cyberpunk in forever, and I haven't even played the PS5 version. So I think this will rope me back in if the DLC is available. So that's really all I have to say about that. That's exciting. Moving forward, Gizmo. We talked about multiverses recently. Uh, they're just going to keep rolling out new characters. But it seems like they're picking good ones. Gizmo is from uh, Gremlins. He's the cute little... Uh, cute little gremlin before he turns i want to see the fucking move where he turns into like the crazy monster gremlin it's gonna happen like i'm sure does he just like does does he just like eat a cheeseburger and then he becomes like the fucking monster you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or something like i or like does like the like because it has to be in there right it has to be what i hope they do is it like they they somehow create a hard to reach area in that map that's like a water sprinkler and you have to run and get gizmo into it to get wet to turn them and the other characters have to keep you from running into it that would be kind of fun i don't know like a gizmo specific level yeah, dude, that would be kind of interesting if gizmo was like a Because it was almost so like awesome. a like a battle where you like it's like Gizmo is not a character that you play, but he is like an affect of the of the level mm. that you have to try and prevent him from getting into it or something. But so like, because isn't it? So it's like when they get I can't. It's been dude, they it's can't been eat after quiet. midnight. They're not allowed to get they wet. They can't get wet. That's it. And either one of them turns them. Yeah. Or yeah. And they turn they turn okay. permanently. Right. So <laughs> that could be like a cool move where like once you trigger it, you can't go back. Right. So there might be like a like a give and take with that form. Whereas like once you turn, you might be more powerful, but you're slower or something. Or like maybe there's something oh. weird about it. So you have, it's like a strategic Dude, like uh, decision to change him. I bet you they do something where if you get – knocked out of the arena you come back as spike or something right as like as like the gremlin um because now if you can do it to yourself by jumping by killing yourself but then you're down a life in the battle right because it's three and you're out three and you lose your team loses so, uh, so or you could just maybe i don't know it's such a neat idea I'm with you. Or like maybe like on your second – like when you come back for your last life, you come back as Spike mm. and uh, 
and you're like more powerful and you're harder to kill. But the other lives where you're playing as Gizmo, you're like weaker. Yeah, that's a really you know cool. I mean? like, it's cool. like a give and take kind of thing. That would be really. That's a really neat kind of idea. It's just speculation. They probably. I don't know how they're going to do it or if they even do do it. But if that's the case, does this mean that there's going to be a Spike character? And if there's not, then my guess is is that Gizmo itself is going to take care of both Gizmo and Gremlins. So, and that's another interesting movie that I can't believe hasn't gotten a remake because fucking Gizmo was so cute. That movie was awesome. They did have a Gremlins 2, which I don't think was at was did Spielberg do that Gremlins? Who did Gremlins? Mm, do we know? Question. I don't I just know when they put the one gremlin in a, in a blender. That's I remember that one very specifically. I don't know who did who did Gremlins. Directed by Joe Dante, whoever the fuck that is. Interesting. What a weird one. And I remember seeing this behind the scenes uh, making of or, or like this uh, interview well after the fact that they had done recently, and uh, written by Chris Columbus, who which is hilarious actually. Is is a pretty pretty well known writer. Yeah, yeah. They they used to have a holiday named after him. They still might. I don't know. That's a wrong Christopher Columbus. Sorry. Um, but anyways, yeah. Uh, I can't. I I want to say that what I was going with that is is it was very difficult for them to get the approval to make this movie because it was originally pitched as a horror movie, right? It was supposed to be really scary, and then it kind of like segued a little bit into comedy. And like they, they they created these things that made it a little more digestible, but it was supposed to be really mm-hmm. really fucking terrifying. Um, interesting. It starts out pretty gnarly. It's almost like the beginning of Hellraiser, where he like buys that like in Hellraiser, he like buys that box in the fucking like market in the Far East or something mm-hmm. like that. But in like it's the same thing in Gremlins, where he like buys the he goes to like Chinatown. Y- yeah, yeah, and like buys the thing off of the the weird like uh, mar- merchant at China. Like it's it's really the eccentric merchant, spooky. right? Yeah, um, very interesting. So yeah, all right, let's move on to the next news point, shall we? The next news point brings us to um, this thing that's happening. So we all know the Last of Us Part One released last week. There are all kinds of posts littering the internet right now about the one hundred dollar physical version of the Firefly edition of The Last of Us Part 1 having been shipped to consumers and when they open it they find that the box is just in inexcusable conditions like like if you go to the link on the on the news point it's unbelievable like they're crushed like the Sony stickers are like peeled up there's like yellowing on the stickers like I don't even understand this it's like it's almost at the point where it's like, did they intentionally do this to make it like it came out of the apocalypse or from the world? I mean, some of these, they look like they've been sitting in a warehouse for fucking like a year. Like they look so terrible. And it, could you imagine having paid $100 for this thing if you're a collector and that's the shape? If I had to, well, first of all, they're being shipped in a fucking Manila pack, which is envelope. Like, yeah. Which is stupid considering it's a cardboard box and the but the other thing is is that i'm wondering if like because probably the way that the logistics work is that from china they were all in like a big fucking box like a shitload of them all at once came over to the states and then they were distributed via ups or whatever so like 
I wonder if because there's so many of these happening, I wonder if like the like one of the main shipments that came over got like dropped or smashed or something, or if it's just that this particular shipper decided to individually wrap them in fucking the worst packaging whatsoever, and then they got thrown around a truck for thousands of miles, and they all just came out looking like shit. I don't know, but like if you look like you know the 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 Sony seal, the holographic seal that says PlayStation. There's a picture on here where it looks like that thing was put on and taken off and put back on crooked. And it's almost like, is this like a new trend? Like, are people doing this intentionally? Like, it's, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. But it fucking boggles my mind to think that these things were created for this, you know, for this $100 box and they're putting stickers on like upside down and crooked and you know it's just crazy to me um especially like the the company seal like it's just so weird so because they were sold out sony is offering refunds but they can't replace them so this is this is an issue with people right now people are really pissed off you know ultimately this just drives home the point that like do you need this physical garbage just go digital right just fucking buy the game for digital like do you need all this stuff cluttering up your house at one point, I would have said yes in my life. At my new point in my life, I would say no. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I think that this is ultimately a bad a, – like whoever Sony hired to do the shipping for this, they just – they fucking dropped the ball big time. And I think that it really – and also the other thing to realize too is that this is going to get a lot of like hype and it's going to be overblown quite a bit because it's The Last of Us. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. And and we have no idea how many – at least as far as I know, we have no idea how many this this actually happened to. Yeah, I'm seeing pictures you know from like, I mean? five, like five Twitter accounts. So you know. if you've got like – let's say out of the thousands of these things that were shipped, you I'm sure – of all of the things, like all the special editions that have come out, like even you know God of War or whatever, I guarantee you out of 20,000 of these things, probably five or ten people had their shit come in smashed. Oh, guaranteed. So like – and I'm not saying that this isn't a problem and it isn't something that maybe Sony needs to rectify or whatever and maybe there is a lot more than we think. But I do think that there has to be um, some – some grain of salt given to the fact that it's things in the media like this are especially overblown just because of how much access everyone has now and specifically because this is the last of us people are going to blow It's going to gain traction like because of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But I thought it was really weird because I I, I don't th- I don't think that it's I mean if you look at that like at the actual the not the manila envelope but the actual box itself that Sony sticker, unless the person opened it up, realized that this happened to other people and tried to put it back together and wanted to take pictures of how it arrived. I mean, that sticker is half on the box, half off. It's crooked. It's supposed to seal over the flap. It's like a seal of like, you know, authenticity or whatever. And it's all the fuck crooked and weird looking. 
That would bother me as a collector if that thing was all jacked up like that. And it looked like it had been opened by the mailman just to see, make sure it was a CD in there, not drugs or something. And like put back together haphazardly. That's how it looks like it was shipped to them. It yeah. looks so bogus, man. Anyways, I don't know. We don't need to keep talking about that. But that is a thing that has definitely happened. Um, moving on, the next point that I that I had uh, that I wanted to talk about was that the Computer Entertainment Developers Conference was held last week. And two members of Sony, which is Takahashi and Kenjo Ekiyama. I, I need to get the guy's first name, apparently. Um, the first guy, Takahashi. I didn't get his first name. I just wrote down his that name. That might be his first name. I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't. I didn't link to it. But anyways, those two guys from Sony spoke regarding the PSVR two, right, and how it's going to be easier to port games to it. This is from Push Square, and the original than the than the original PSVR. So development for VR two games is going to be using the exact same um, SDK kit, which is the software de- development kit at that the PS five uses. So the VR two should be easier to port games to, which is actually really good news. And then it's also going to support the Unity and Unreal Engine 2 game engines, which is awesome. So this is a good sign for VR2 with compatibility with even games that are straight up made for just PS5 if they want to port them to make them VR capable possibly. We'll see. Unreal Engine 2? That's what it said, I think, yeah. I don't know. Because they're on UE5 now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I think they're saying the headset itself, right? And I don't know what they're 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 not making Unreal Engine five games for VR right now. So I don't know what engine they're using to develop VR games right now. You know, mm. I don't think Unreal five. We're not even close to that yet. Um, it'd be fucking cool if we were. Maybe we are. And I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what what is the normal game engine. But and then Jake, we talked last week just to fill you in. The Tokyo Game Show is happening very soon, and. Uh, they're going to have the VR2 on the floor for consumers to try out and critics. So we're going to we're going to be hearing some feedback here in the next week or two whenever this Tokyo Game Show is. I can't remember when it is. Coming up in September, September 9th, I want to say, is when it starts. So we're going to get some first first-hand or second-hand feedback from critics with about about the VR2. So and then Sony announced it would be out early 2023 and be releasing. So news is starting to trickle out about this, which is really cool. And uh, do you have any opinions about it being more portable? Anything on that? No, I mean, it's just good to hear that it seems like it's going to be easy to develop. Easy is a relative term to develop for. uh, And maybe it'll mean that it'll be easy for them to port you know, PC VR games and stuff over mm-hmm. or PSVR to PSVR 2. And that means if it's easy to put games on it, it means there'll be more games on it. And that's definitely uh, helpful for a new piece of hardware like this. Especially so if we I'm want excited. Half-Life Alex. That's all I give a shit about, even if they release nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move forward. Uh, this happened. So Sony... Apparently is going to, according to Push Square, acquire a minority stake in the Elden Ring developer. Also, they made a lot of the the hell games it was called. Everyone loves from software. Uh, the the dungeon games. What, what the fuck are they called? The Dark Souls. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Like the Souls games. Yes, thank like you. Elden Ring and God. But uh, 
the the bad news from this is that apparently the well the current owner of FromSoft is gonna they're gonna retain the majority of shares. Um, Sony's actually going to acquire fourteen point oh nine percent stake in FromSoft, but Tencent, a subsidiary uh, subsidiary company um, of Six Joy Hong Kong, is going to get sixteen point two five percent. So, this being said, Sony is now sharing investments with Tencent in From Software, which is weird. But they're making a lot of money. I wish that uh, Sony had more of a stake than Tencent. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of cool. But at this point, they both have – they're both going to have enough of a share in the company probably to have a seat on the board of directors for that ga- that game studio, which means that it will be interesting how that – if and how that affects the relationship of um, FromSoft with Microsoft – at all. I don't think it will. It shouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. Sony's only a minority stakeholder. Uh, but um, it's kind of interesting. Like, it, like I wonder if it makes the studio or the, if it makes the uh, company off limits to be purchased outright by a company like by a company like Microsoft yeah. or, or how that works. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, Microsoft is even interested in buying them, but it's just one of those things that I find kind of uh, kind of interesting to think about from a business standpoint. I agree. It is a curious angle that you're looking at it from, and I wonder if it was merely just a defensive maneuver, you know, that Sony had felt like they needed to take. I don't know. I have no clue. So <clears throat> I did indicate that the Tokyo Game Show is happening, and uh, we know we're going to get the info on the PSVR, but what we're also going to get apparently now is Konami, or Konami, or however you want to pronounce it, announced they're going to be making an announcement about a new game from a quote-unquote world-loved series. I don't know if we should get excited that Metal Gear could be coming back. Who knows? I mean, no one knows what's going to happen with this. Like, Contra? I mean, so, Konami's behind so much. So this this is this is unrelated to PSVR two. This is just Sony going to make an announcement, or Konami not related to VR two. But both these things are happening this year at Tokyo Game Show. Okay, so PSVR two is going to be there, and Konami is making a new announcement about a world loved series that they own. Hopefully, it's not like it. It it, it, it could be Castlevania. Um, I thought, uh, yep, maybe. So it could be Castlevania. It could be Metal Gear. If it's Metal Gear, I hope that it's not like some fucking bastardization of Metal Gear, like Metal Gear Survive or whatever. Mm. Um, What would be cool is if, and I don't, I don't know how they could do this without Sony, but if like, if let's say they were, because there's been a lot of rumors in the pipeline of maybe maybe blue point doing a remake of metal gear solid mm. and it would be kind of neat if sony were to come out on stage with them and be like yo check this out that'd be but, that'd be huge 
I don't know. I mean, Konami's been kind of slowly getting back into the game, so we'll see. My my gut tells me that it's probably more likely to be something like Castlevania than Metal Gear. Well, unless... coming into fall also, like into Halloween se- season and stuff. Yeah, but it is entirely po- – I mean, I don't – the only way that people are going to be even remotely happy about a Metal Gear announcement is if either they've buried the hatchet with Kojima or – it's like a collaboration with like, with Sony or something doing a remake. I I don't see any other way that there mm. that that like people would be happy with a Metal Gear announcement from them. So it's something, or may it could honestly be a let's say a remastering for the newest generation of all of the original games, mm-hmm. which would be fucking cool. Like Metal Gear, like even if they went back to like the NES or like the Master System or MSX Computer, I think. Metal Gear and ported all of them up to Metal Gear Solid 5, even, you know, Metal Gear Solid 3 and 2 and 1 and Metal Gear Solid 4, which never got a next-gen port as far as I know. Yeah. So it could be it could be a next-gen port of Metal Gear Solid 4, which they've never done before, which would be interesting. Would they call so, that a new game? Because they're calling this a new game from a world-loved series. Unless it was like a remake, I don't know. They could come out and say, we're going to do a new Metal Gear game, and it'll be called like Metal Gear freaking Leaky Buttholes or something like that. I have, I have no idea, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This will be interesting. I, my, my gut, my instincts and my gut tell me Castlevania, but I could be wrong. They're going to go Metal Gear Phantom Pain, uh, Metal Gear 5 Part 2. We got Kojima on there. We're actually going to give you the rest of the game. <laughs> that would be f- – if they did that, the world would implode. That would be fucking awesome because there was a third act to that game that they just never put we in. We never got it. So – I would be happy with had, an anime that just like finishes that story. To- told you what happened with Liquid and fucking all that anything. stuff. Yeah, that would have been fucking cool. Yeah, something. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about new games coming out this week. On the PSN. Actually, we're not going to talk about new games, Jake, because we don't have them yet. I don't think they listed them yet because uh, of the holiday weekend. So, Interesting. yeah, we don't have new games to talk about. Um, so I'm sorry, listeners. Usually we, usually at this point in the podcast, we, we tell you all the new PSN games that are coming out this week. But it is a holiday weekend, and uh, we're recording this on Sunday. So we're still planning on airing this on Labor Day. And uh, that's it, man. That's all I got for the show. We went a little long, anyways. Nice to have you back. I was, I was. Now let's just uh, let's just chew the fat a little bit here for a minute before I let you go. And uh, I'll 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 document this on on YouTube as closing conversation um, because it is kind of important. I brought this up to LJ. He actually. Uh, has been doing a good job co-hosting, and I wanted to put this out here for the other pa- patrons. And uh, I think it—I I don't think it's a bridge too far that if any of our patrons would like to—it's just it, scheduling gets tough with us because we don't have a set schedule that we do this. But if anybody uh, picks up a newer release or a game that they'd like to just jump on and talk about briefly, because you—you you and I aren't talking about every new game that comes out. I think I would be okay with that, um, as long as we kept it game, games, you know, game related. The conversations, um, LJ and I talk a lot outside of outside of the podcast now. 
you know your brother. He's been on the show before. I wanted to kind of open it up for the patrons only. If they wanted to reach out to us on at our email and say, hey, I'd like to discuss this with you guys. Um, maybe we could incorporate listener uh, uh, incorporation to the show. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's going to be tough scheduling or – I think honestly if you're going to do something like that, the best way to do it would be to have them write in their opinions and okay. we, can, we can read them on the show and then discuss them, at least initially. See how right? that goes. If, See if, if there's an interest. If Yeah, because I, I think that it's going to be a bit much just because it's hard enough for you and I with our busy schedules to, to do the show. So I don't want to try to commit to some strategy where we're going to – Right, fucking be you know trying to schedule with a third party that's completely foreign to us. Um, not that I have a problem with it, but I just think that from a from a uh, a doability standpoint, I think the easiest difficult. thing to do would be would be to have them say like, "Hey, you know, you don't have to write this fucking you know nine thousand word review or something like that." But like, you know, write write something about it that you really liked and maybe what you didn't like and your opinions on it and maybe why we or our listeners should check it out and then we can discuss it on the show. It's not a bad idea. Um, I think that that's, that's probably the best way to do it. And then if, if we get a lot of that kind of feedback, then maybe we can incorporate it and we'll just say, listen, uh, we're recording at this time. We're planning to record at this time. Either you're available or you're not. Like, you know, we can't schedule our schedule around other people to do a conversation, but, um, you know, and, and I would even be willing to maybe do a conversation on the side and patch it into the podcast. You know, I would be willing to do that. Um, but I did tell LJ that he's, he is officially the on honorable, uh, fill in person right now for the show. Yeah. Honorable, like a judge. Yeah. He's the honorary fill in co-host of PS This Is Awesome at this point because now he's held down the fort twice in your absence. And uh, he actually picked up a, a, an auxiliary mic to do this last one. So I appreciate you doing that, of course. And I, I know Jake does as well. So, um, yeah. And one of these days we should have your brother on again or maybe do a three-way chat with LJ or something just because he has helped us out. Mm. And that would be kind of fun. But just, just spitting, you know, trying to offer multiple things. We still... Jake and I are so limited. We're so busy. Like I said, this is the first day in two weeks I've had a chance to do anything video game related. Um, the other thing about that is is we still haven't done our Mass Effect 2 uh, thing that we've been promising people. Yeah, I've been wondering about that a little bit. We need to find time to I do that. I keep forgetting. So I apologize to the listeners if anyone's waiting for us to put that out there. Um, those things are good for the channel because – they are very game specific and we can always you know people will tune in just because of the content right so that that will help us in the long run if we can get those out there and we need to do it because we said we would but i don't remember a whole lot of that game at this point i have notes somewhere i don't know yeah (laughs) he's just like yeah whatever you whatever you want i'm not doing it tonight i'll tell you that uh, not doing it tonight. I'm too tired for that shit. Um, but we will do it soon. So anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks for tuning in to episode 239. P.S. 
This is awesome. And uh, we will be back next week with big episode 240. Another thing, another thing I thought about, we should do something for 250. We should, we should do something special for 250. What do we do? I guess it depends on when it is. I, I have no idea. Ten weeks from now. Ten weeks from now is... November? December? That would be around... Around Thanksgiving, right? A little mm. after Thanksgiving, maybe? So, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. We should bring a ton of video chats in, in one big amalgamation of video game talk with anyone. Um, your brother, my brother... Like we did for episode 100, just have a ton of freaking people on here and just have have like a, an online like 250 celebration <laughs> party <laughs> that we can try to steer somehow. That would be fun. All right. Anyways, I'm done. I am done. Thanks for tuning in to episode 239. PS this is awesome. We'll be back next week with uh, episode 240. Yada yada yada. Lada lada lada. Like Tactics Ogre Reborn. Trails of Iron in Tekken. Is it Tales of Iron? Tales? Like, I don't know, man. I was, it was hard doing these notes. Like Tactics Ogre Reborn, Tales of Iron in Tekken 8. P.S. This is awesome. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs>